This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. This episode is a continuation on from our previous COVID-19 chats as we delve into the effects that this lingering virus has had on the wedding industries and all the couple's ability to plan their dream day. I'm Laura from Wonderlust Creative, a bespoke wedding and event planning company that specializes in creating unique and personal events. And I'm joined by Andy, owner of The Bridal Journey, a premium wedding blog and research platform, the best go-to for all your wedding inspiration. Today on the show, Andy and I discuss the different restrictions that certain areas and states are currently experiencing. We talk about how to navigate the unknown when you're continuously getting told, I don't know, by the government. And finally, when and if do you actually pull the pin? Okay, so let's just jump straight in. So our state, um, which is Victoria, seems just so behind. Um, Where are all the other states sitting in comparison? Hi, Andy. Um, Look, (laughs) at present, Vic is in a state of emergency. So that means that, you know, never before has this happened um, in Metro Melbourne or in the stage four lockdown areas. So it's prohibited to host a wedding. It's you are not allowed to get married. You it's against the law, which, you know, has never happened before. So it's, you know, it's a super... (laughs) interesting time for everybody in the industry but it's a it's a really intimidating time for our state um you know for couples who even were willing to downsize what they were originally thinking and they can't even do it it's um you know it's something that's it's really crazy so um stage three suburbs can still host five people um at ceremonies however that's it so it's a pretty harsh reality and and you know not one that we can do anything about so for people getting married in 2021 um i think we might need to look a little bit more closely about what the other states are doing um and what they're allowed to do and go from there you know this industry doesn't have a union uh, it's basically being left in the cold by the government. So there's no direction, no roadmap, no light for couples right now. Um, and so us suppliers within this space, you know, are just trying to do the best we can, relying on our chats with like our counterpart suppliers in other states, um, our relationships with um, everybody across our own state as well. And we're just planning with them the best that we can with the information that we know, rather than trying to predict something that, you know, is super fluid and it can change, you know, in an instant. Great. So if you want to talk us through some certain things, so um, what is the go with social distancing? Yeah. So look, I mean, the only way, because we've got a basically a gag order on our industry at the moment, that the only thing that we can do is really look to what um, you know, Queensland and New South Wales are doing South Oz, Western Australia. They're all a little bit further ahead of the virus and where our situation is sitting. So those guys are kind of just doing their own thing. And we're we looking at Queensland, New South Wales and moving forward from what they're doing. So with social distancing up there, like the two meter rule is enforced. Um, it applies whether or not you're having a cocktail wedding or a sit-down wedding. So, you know, for example, a cocktail wedding, all your guests um, that don't reside in the same household or that are, you know, not a significant other uh, must keep a (laughs) two-metre force field basically between them and who they're talking to. Um, You know, when you're looking at a sit-down wedding, same thing applies. So there are no tables of more than 10 people allowed. Um, So there's long, beautiful banquets that so many couples want to do are currently pretty restricted 
Um, and those on each table, whether or not you have like a small trestle or a round table, they all need to be seated with either, um, you know, their immediate family or their significant other. Great. And um, what about restrictions um, in relation to food service? You know, I think every state is just a little bit different with this, but I think, you know, an overall blanket rule that we are looking at at the moment. So we're looking at things like canapé service, which has, you know, lots of restrictions in place. There are no shared meals, um, no feasting style meals. So no charcuterie tables, no dessert tables, you know, no shared drink or water station. So it's essentially the caterer must serve each portion of food at all times to the guests. Guests can't just go and entertain a help yourself style of setting. So walk-up bars are also restricted because it means that the square meter rule can't be implemented because everybody's standing so close together to order at the bar. So there's tray service and table surface only that applies up there. And um, table settings, what is the go with you know, setting out your table. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's sort of something that I don't think, um, if you don't have, if you don't have a stylist or you're looking at something, um, and using the aesthetic of the venue itself, then it's something you're not going to need to worry too much about. But, um, you know, there are some venues in some areas or some States that have restricted the details that are allowed to be brought in by styling or design companies. Um, so there has been note of limitations to bringing in external cutleries. So you might want black cutlery um, or you might want some, you know, boutique crystal wear for your glasses or you might want colour pops of glasses. Um, that's all restricted to be brought in unless it can be commercially washed and approved by the venue themselves prior to the service. So that's an obvious impact to the venue. Um, not a whole lot of them <laughs> kind of really want to put that extra stress on themselves Um, and then you know obviously that will then impact how your day is going to look how it's going to feel the vibe that you'd initially set so um, you know for something like that I would be your aesthetic for your wedding day just make sure what your hire company or your design company if you've got one knows the restrictions from your venue in advance because that will allow them to adapt their creative and you know lean on the colors in the venue if you've got silver cutlery they might change up a few things in your design aesthetic to match so it doesn't all look a bit enquire and you actually did a um, quick poll on wonderlust creative instagram which is your um, styling and planning um, company and you asked the audience which is a worse restriction if you were to continue to have your wedding and a whopping 64% said no dance floor um, and 36% said guests in mass. So what is the go with singing, dancing and mingling? Oh, so I reckon this is probably the, well, I mean, the poll shows it's the worst restri- restriction for weddings that everybody's kind of seen. Um, dance floors are not permitted currently at weddings. So, you know, this is probably after your guest count. So going, you know, having to restrict your guest count really significantly. This is the most severe and impactful for couples. Um, I know that for all but one of our couples, this has almost been a deal breaker when it comes to choosing whether or not to proceed with the current restrictions in place or um, to postpone, you know, pray that they'll hopefully be lifted, but postpone to another another date. So um, singing is allowed by the professional band members. Um, they must be the two metre rule away from each other as well. Um, there's no air instruments, I think they call it. So you can't, wind, wind instruments. So you can't have a sax, you can't have a trumpet, a trombone, anything that's going to project 
you're a spit, which sounds disgusting, but um, you can't have anything of that. So that's all restricted. Um, you know, it's got to minimise the COVID risk. Mingling on a dance floor isn't allowed currently. Um, and the couple who've been married can have their first dance. They can also have like a father-daughter dance or a mother-son dance, um, but there is no one else allowed on the dance floor, no guests, no mingling, nothing. So New South Wales has prohibited it. Queensland has allowed the family and the married couple, um, so it's super restrictive to guests dependent, you know, on the style of wedding that you're looking for. It's a real game changer, I think. Wow, that <laughs> that doesn't seem like much fun at all, does it? I, I just um, was a bit shocked by the fact that you can't have wind instruments, um, a sax and a trumpet because it, to prohibit the minimise the COVID risk, it's a bit odd, such an odd request. So Imagine putting odd, that one in. Um, so, and I know like the saxophone on the dance floors just really amps up the party a little bit, doesn't it? But anyway, so what do you call... Like when do you call a postponement? So, so many people want to know this and, you know, my venue, you know, says they only need a month's notice but it seems too close for me was a question that we had from um, one of our listeners on the You and Me podcast Instagram. Um, So when is the right time to call a postponement even though, um, you know, I've got a friend who's getting married um, in April next year and she – has I think until November to decide if she wants to um, continue her wedding or not but half their guests are coming from London as well so I think it's just you know what do you do how how close is too close for me personally a month is way 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 too close I mean that's you know that's that's what you give when you're moving out of a house and I mean I suppose you also don't want you know people to be having that booked in or locked in and you know making plans around that as well yeah, exactly. And I mean, not only thinking of yourself, you, you you obviously also are thinking of your guests too. So like we discussed um, in our elopement episode recently, you know, when do you do it and how do you do it? The earlier is the better. Uh, a venue might only need a month because, you know, final payments, guest, final guest counts, um, menu choice, venues can have those kind of things due anywhere from one month to like four weeks to eight weeks out from your wedding day. So for them, yeah, maybe a one to two month notice is okay um but you know you've got other suppliers that you are employing for your wedding day um and each supplier is is different so you do have to check with them all so that you don't inconvenience not only your suppliers um you you know you don't want to run into any suppliers that are like well we had a three-month clause in our terms and conditions and you've surpassed that which means now you owe a percentage of your fee um which some do have in there as well so you've just got to make sure that you keep those communication lines open you know for our clients personally the latest time that you can do it before your wedding is three months and we're doing that with clients that are local guest lists under 100 um, and no traveling guests but majority of our clients are doing it at the six month mark um, because it's also what what people have also got to take into consideration I feel like couples are in a really bad spot because They've got to think of all these other people and they're not even really thinking of themselves, you know. They've got to think about their guests. They've got to think about their venue. They've got to think about the money. They've got to think about the suppliers. It's really, really tough for them. So, you know, we kind of do obviously in my business that all for them. But six months is what I have suggested to 
all of our couples and I know a lot of other planners are doing six months as well because what you know couples have also got to keep in mind is that basically since well since February this year a whole year and you know we might not get back to full-scale weddings until Feb or March next year who knows so that would equate to an entire year of weddings postponed so you've done got a slot everybody that was postponing in Feb March and April you know not many people get married in winter not as many anyway but you've still got to try and fit that whole year of weddings into the next year and so couples who are looking potentially to postpone now have got to keep that in the back of their mind that there's going to be like less flexibility for suppliers and venues on dates which you know inhibit them yeah and another listener um, question we had on the you and me podcast instagram was We can't take the unknown anymore. What's the harsh reality? Is summer 2021 even going to happen? It'll be our third postponement. Oh, it just feels so bad for everybody. It just, it just sucks, you know, and unfortunately, and you know, it's probably not what people are really going to want to hear, but it's the truth. Unfortunately, we can't confidently give you an answer, um, that will give you a concrete plan to be able to put in place. And I know for some of my brides that are very, um, what is it? Is it right brain that's organized and left brain's creative? Whichever one that is, the list makers. The list makers, I think, are the right brain. For those guys, it's really hard because it's basically saying, well, here's an idea, but I don't actually know if that's going to happen. And, and and you know, the the really awful truth is that I wish we had insider knowledge or I wish we had, you know, knowledge prior to our clients or a crystal ball or something to be able to help them navigate it. But there's actually, we're actually none the wiser than what the government's sending through their media messages than the couple. Um, You know, our industry has written to all state governments. I know there's been a pledge put in every single state to our state government. There's also been one that has gone to the federal government um, to ask for a better roadmap. Um, You know, the owner of Chin Chin was actually on, I think it was a New South Wales. And Chin Chin, if you're not not from Melbourne, is an amazing, um, amazing restaurant in Melbourne. And he owns like so many other incredible spaces. But he was actually on a New South Wales, I think, news program yesterday. And he was just like, this is just getting ridiculous. Like we we need a roadmap because we can't open with 24 hours notice like other people can. And it's the same with the wedding industry. We can't wake up on Monday and just, you know, suddenly have a wedding on Tuesday. So unfortunately at this stage, we haven't received anything. So, you know, 2021, from January to May, Okay, so let's just say from the start of from the first month to the six months to the start of June, um, I'm kind of optimistic. We're planning, we're going ahead with all the weddings, um, but we've got some, you know, we've got some scenarios in there that's got different guest numbers. It's got um, different food service allowances. It's got different venue scenarios. So we've got a few options put in place there. Um, I'm way more confident in the spring summer. So, you know, the, the September to September 21 to Feb 22, much more confident in those months. Um, I'm hoping we'll be back to almost a, a new well, normal. I don't know what a new, I don't know what normal, what we can expect for, for them. But, you know, I hope that we're not going to wake up one day and suddenly be able to like, you know, like hug everybody on the dance floor and do the Zorba with everyone. It's not going to suddenly happen like that, but I feel like 
the spring summer season next year is is going to be a lot more closer to what we're used to and I say I mean that's a pro that really stresses someone like me out who is engaged and had always planned to get um married during Mm. that time and uh what you know what does someone like me do like I don't I don't obviously don't want to plan my wedding right now because I don't know what's going on mm. um and I was always planning on getting married in that summer of 2021 mm. but what about all these brides that are now postponing to that time mm. do I you know that is quite stressful for me in terms of you know do I need to now start planning something and locking mm. a date even though it's so far away to lock something in because so many people are postponing till then or you know what would you suggest for someone like me that you know perhaps hasn't even looked at it because it's about a year and a half away but things are slowly closing and suppliers are you know being postponed till then and getting booked out already so what you know is there any advice for people like me (laughs) do you know what there's so much I think what you've got to do is you've got to pick Look, you've got to have a you've got to have a date because you, there are not many suppliers that you can book without having a date. I mean, a planner is one of them, um, but you can't book a photographer without a date. You can't book a celebrant without a date. You, you know, so you, you have to have a space and you have to have a date. The next thing that you need to do, so you do need to look at booking them. The next thing that you'll need to do is work out with your partner what is your most needed suppliers so if you're super super into florals and you have to have this particular florist or if you know photos are everything and you must have a particular photographer then I would say once you've got your date you book them in if there are things that you're not too fussed about then I would hold off and I'd wait I'd read you know lots up on um the availability of particular vendors but if they're not your top three top five no, I, I don't think you need to rush and book them. You need a venue. You would be surprised at how quickly celebrants book out. So if you have got your heart set on somebody, they can be booked out 12 to 80 months in advance, which is definitely something that I had not anticipated when I actually had my wedding. And that was quite a few years ago now. So even then it was kind of touch and go. Now, you know, they're high in demand and people book them. Yeah. As I said, 12 to 80 months out. So celebrant your space if you've got your space you've got a date if you've got a date then you can go forward and book your other suppliers and you've got to pick the suppliers that you want to put a deposit down now for that mean the most to you if you're not fussed about flowers then don't even think about them until we're a little bit more settled and we know more because you know, there is an abundance of incredible florists out there and, and you know, the chances are they're not all picked on your date 12 months out. But for something that you're just, you do not want to scrimp on and you you know you've known in your heart of hearts that you want this supplier from the day dot, then, you know, I think that you've got to, uh, you've got to book them in now, pay the deposit, check their COVID T's and C's, check their normal terms and conditions as well. Because even though a lot of people are putting in COVID clauses, you've still got to make sure that you're comfortable with their normal T's and C's because, you know, that that doesn't change. That applies as well. Um, so check them. And when in doubt, just ask a supplier because, you know, if, that, if you can pay a minimum deposit, um, to secure them, then pay it. If you can pay installments rather than lump sums, then, you know, if that's going to work out for you better, then, you know, that's something that you can do too. But I think that all the suppliers are here to help everybody getting married right now, but you just need to talk to them. 
And um, another, you know, question that a lot of our listeners wanted to know, what are the biggest restrictions and their implications? So guests in masks, no dance laws, and are people still going ahead with, you know, these restrictions? Well, that's why we did the poll because, I mean, look, it's the couple's choice, okay? So you have to decide with your partner what you really want your wedding to be and how it's going to mean to you. You know, is it the ritual of getting married itself, so your ceremony, um, or is it the celebration, the party with your family and your friends after the fact that's the most important thing? So each couple will have, like, a, a different perspective on how they want their day to vibe. Um, and if you can get past the restricted guest numbers um, and you've got a plan in place there um, or having all your guests masked up, um, you know, then look at your options and continue with, you know, with your planning and with proceeding because if you can get past those in the big scheme, little things, um, then there's no reason why you shouldn't continue and potentially get married. Um, you know, personally for me, the celebration of our wedding was, you know, we, we, we required shared food. We required shared tequila shots. We required, you know, shared dances, shared photos. Everything was just a big love fest. That's what we were into and that's what we wanted. So for me personally, if I was a bride and I was going through what all you couples are going through at the moment in my time, then I wouldn't have even questioned a postponement. I would have just um, put everything on ice until we were able to do all the things that we really wanted to do with our friends and family. And um, our last, you know, question from some of our listeners was what are your thoughts on a second wedding and do we do a small intimate ceremony and a larger wedding later, which I think a lot of people are considering at the moment? Um, and how do you tie them both together or do you not? Do you leave it separate? Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting question because obviously people have been thinking about, okay, if we do do like an almost an, a mini elopement and then a bigger party, like does it all have to look the same? And I'm all for an intimate ceremony and a large scale party later. I think, you know, we've got, we have got plenty of couples doing it next year and I'm super excited for them. So I think it's a tough decision though. Um, And one that ultimately, I mean, for us, it has us planning two entirely different days for one couple. Um, But, you know, I think seeing them smile and them get excited for their wedding again after so much disappointment is really worth it. So, um, If you're hiring a planner, if you're choosing to do the double options, probably going to be one of your best investments. The amount of work to plan and create two cohesive days is huge. Um, A professional company will obviously take the stress and angst out of it for you guys. You know, I think couples have had enough of that already. But, you know, I don't think you need to completely replicate both days when you're planning an intimate ceremony and then a larger party later. I mean, most of our couples that are having a small ceremony on their actual wedding day aren't even having the ceremony at the place that they're having the party at. So they're changing places. So, you know, with any creative, you've got to make sure that you're enhancing a space or enhancing the surrounds in which you've chosen rather than recreating it. So if we've gone for this like disco vibe party in a paddock um, under the stars, I'm not exactly going to go and take that to, you know, somewhere like Glasshouse inside that's just, you know, beautiful and green and soft and absolutely should not break glass walls. So you've just got to really think about, um, you know, where you're going to have the ceremony and what what aesthetic lends itself to that space you absolutely do not have to tie them both together chances are your guests won't even notice um so I think you've just got to you know 
plan for where you're going to have it and not put another stress about making it cohesive on top of what you've already got. Great. Thank you so much for um, answering some of our questions. That's all right. We love this coming through on the You and Me podcast. I mean, I think it's one of the biggest things when we was first, you know, thinking about this, Andy, was we, we were just like, we just want people to engage and we want people to ask questions and there's so much info out there and there's, you know, no real platform to answer anything. So, you know, I think this is, is really good and we still want people to ask us questions and send them through. So do not stop if we haven't answered something and, you, you know, you really want us to answer it, then, you know, make sure you chuck it up on the You and Me podcast, send us a DM and um, yeah, hopefully we don't have to do too many COVID episodes, but I think this is, you know, really good for people. And if you want to hear more, make sure that you subscribe and give us a rating. We would love to hear um, what you think of us and it keeps us going. Um, so that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining. Thank you.